Uh, if you could have any snack sponsor for the backcountry to endorse, who would it be? It'd be some some uh, some peanut butter. What's that? Some <laughs> some bars, some some snack bars, probably. But I think just let's stick with peanut butter. Like, yeah, I want. I got an idea for a peanut butter commercial. Just like imagine coming in on a piece of bread and you see me just throw a slash. <laughs> Boom! Spread the peanut butter. Dude. Perfect. What? Unleashed with the Dingo and Danny, fueled by Monster Energy. What a freaking sick guest we have on the couch here, Dingo. Yeah, give him an intro. Well, um, we have one of the most, I think one of my favorite uh, legendary free skiers. I would just call him the most badass skier from the Northwest, for sure. I mean, there's other areas. I don't know them, (laughs) but I know as far as Oregon... And where he hails from in this area, this dude's the master of steez. Thank you. Is it true you- Sammy. You Sammy Carlson. Sammy Carlson. Say Sammy Carlson. You got to say Sammy Carlson. Sammy Carlson. It's crazy because we've known you since you were a, a kid mm. and you're not a kid anymore. No, sir. We were just having a conversation off air and we think the last time we hung out was in like 2013 or 14. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> we're still here i mean it's been a minute for sure and i feel like not none of us have really changed and we're still up to the exact same shenanigans no i was thinking the same i mean well obviously (laughs) well we're probably not we're up to the similar shenanigans but i feel like sammy has been still elevating the bar with his skills so i didn't know this but you um you pulled out what year did you pull out of the olympics like you were running for the Olympics in slope style, were you? Yeah, well, I was on the 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 Olympics was announced in 2011, and that was the year I won the X slope. Yep. And so I got a spot on the team, and I was kind of considering it. Had some pressure from some of my sponsors, so I, I just I was on the team and was uh, focused training. But at the same time, after X, I just wanted I was like done mentally. I just wanted to. I'd already got turned on in the backcountry, and I started thinking about videos. I'd record or film some video parts and. So, yeah, I was on the team and uh, pursued it a bit just because my dad was like telling me, you know, like, you don't want to regret this. So I was just giving myself opportunity. And then um, along the way, I was like, nah, I'm done. So like 2013, I think year before. That was it. Now, is that because you didn't want to go to Korea or Russia? Yeah, well, yeah. Russia. Russia? Yeah. yeah, Russia. Was in Russia. That was a weird Olympics. That was like one no one was really excited for for some reason. Yeah, it was a bit weird. And also, I just wasn't really passionate about park riding as much anymore. So I just felt like my passions had like moved on from competitions and I was just kind of faking it. Like if I were to pursue it, I'd be like doing it kind of half-heartedly. And uh, just kind of when I just got into skiing earlier, I'd met some people that um, showed me just like they were examples of kind of where I didn't want my skiing to go. And I felt like myself, I was starting to kind of get just like a bit burnt out on competitions and the scene. And I want like before, before slope style events, I'd be like watching Nicholas Mueller video parts and like just backcountry <laughs> parts. It's like, what am I doing? Like just go for it. And like Sarah Burke had had her accident mm-hmm. um, around that time. And were you there for that? I wasn't there for that, but um, I was really close with her and like bushy, and uh, that whole crew so that definitely impacted us um and i learned a lot from that so i just like kind of out of respect for her too and like some of the other people that you know lost their life doing 
what we love is just like if i'm going to be doing this i want to like make sure i'm passionate about it and going all out and not just like trying to do it for a paycheck and like also with skiing i felt like the real progression lied in the backcountry and like just riding the mountains so it's like i'm gonna do this now before i get too old and don't have the energy to do it so that was like kind of why i wanted to just do it then and then how hard was that for you to like kind of like go back to your family and even sponsors because i'm sure there was a lot of pressure from both those sides mm-hmm. yeah for sure it was it was a bit weird but a lot of uh, it was it was cool a lot of my sponsors actually like believed in me and i we had the conversation with them my agent at the time and i like really believed in like the next step for me the evolution was just going to the backcountry. so i was just like telling them like this is what i'm gonna do and next time we have this conversation i'm be asking guys for more money because i'm i'm about to kill it and like it went pretty well i lost one sponsor along the way um because of it and actually uh, two two sponsors there's two sponsors that were a little bit weird um one my ski sponsor at the time as soon as i told them i wasn't gonna do the olympics like my checks just stopped coming in but it was they, didn't, kinda, they didn't even tell you the check just stopped yeah it just stopped because the investor was this russian guy it was pretty weird it was all kind of a weird thing but um yeah with that with that particular sponsor but we used to do business with russia yeah, we we were huge in Russia. Well, they did one order. <clears throat> Our biggest oh. order ever came from Russia, but then they didn't order again. Yeah, well, they probably had enough gloves to last them <laughs> another decade, you know. Yeah. But okay, so like, let's talk about a little bit of like the beginning of your ski career, right? Because I know you're from the Northwest, right, Oregon area, Mount Hood, Mount yes, Hood, sir. Mount Hood. Yeah. So, how far away did you grow up from Mount Hood? I grew up. I was born like outside of Portland, and then um, as I like in my early teenage, like when I was a teenager, we started spending the winters up in government camp. We just like rent a place there That's all winter. Cool, yeah. yeah, it was really sick. And there was such a strong crew of skiers at Mount Hood. So yeah, pretty much then I started spending all my time up in Mount Hood and just got connected with Wendell's. And yeah, it was a really cool place to grow up for sure. Well, that's it. It was probably like summer and winter. So it was like you had this like playground, amazing snow in the winter. But then in the summertime, it's like, I don't know. That's probably when you learn all your shit but uh was there ever uh, like a uh uh, uh, was snowboarding ever on the cards for you or no no not not really i always rode with a bunch of snowboarders but i was like i was pretty into skiing like the whole time um i started snowboarding a bit along the way but yeah just like a lot of a lot of my influences eric pollard was like mount hood legend ski legend still one of my greatest mentors um, but he just had this style and I met him when, when I was 12 years old. I did ski racing for a year and I think we quit midway through the season because the program was just super weird and we weren't having any fun. It was epic snow year. So we were always blowing off training to go ski pow. It was like at Ski Bowl. You guys know Ski Bowl? Yeah, I've been to Ski Bowl before. And like one thing I will say, like as far as like Mount Hood is like the summer season and the winter season are like two complete opposite spectrums of like riding, right? Like oh, yeah, park riding sure. in the winter there is like, I mean, I feel like it's a little non-existent because yeah. of like the weather and terrain a little bit. Yeah, but back in the day, they actually at Meadows, that's where I'd spend my winters. Uh-huh. And Meadows had a pretty sick park. There's like five jumps, like three big ones in a row. So it's a sick triple pack and then take a break. And then around the corner, it'd swing into a nice little double line to finish off the run. So it was pretty sick actually in the winter time but then that whole lawsuit thing happened you know in washington no tell us about this lawsuit yeah some guy i think he was drunk 
but well, maybe we don't want to know. No, I, the best stories always start with I think he was drunk. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> this one isn't ours. that. This one isn't that sick because this guy was drunk, went off a jump, and he went like it was like a fifteen foot jump, and he went like a hundred feet, I think, landed on his back, paralyzed, and then he went sued the resort. I think it was Alpental. Okay. And he got like ten million dollars or something. Oh shit! And that was the resorts. I I believe this is what I was told at least. Um, he got like yeah ten million bucks, and he went back, and that was the resorts insurance cap, and he sued for like four million more. And he won, so then Alpen, yeah, put Alpental into all these uh, financial problems, and then like all the resorts around the Northwest just like toned back the parks, and so that was like the end Damn. of epic park riding in the winter. He ruined the party. He ruined it big time. But yeah, around that time, I met, I got to meet Eric Pollard, and that was just, um, I'd seen him in a magazine before, like that was right when free skiing was blowing up. It was still like pretty early on, and so I met this dude, and he definitely inspired me, and just made me like super passionate about skiing, I guess. And I had like a tight homie uh, crew of homies that we were all skiing, like diehard skiers. And so yeah, we were rolling pretty tough on the ski scene. And then yeah, meeting Pollard and then just all the, there's such a sick crew of skiers at Mount Hood. And it was like before style was a thing in skiing, but like every skier on Mount Hood had sick style. That was like the main thing. So um, yeah, I was always just like- focused. Why do you think that was? Like why, why, why was style like not, into skiing until like later on i think just the just the background maybe where the sport comes from like a lot of mogul skiers and ski racers were maybe in free skiing at the beginning i don't know um and paul and eric was a ski racer as well so he used to ski race with my brother's uh wife up at the academy but yeah i'm not sure why i think it's just yeah the the influence maybe behind the sport was people were grabbing inspiration from different areas where i think eric was always uh, riding with snowboarders and like Benny Connors, but there's just like the a whole crew of skiers and boarders that I was rolling with back then, and we had so much fun. And yeah, style was like the thing, and I was always like so proud to be from Mount Hood as I started like blowing up and finding my way in uh, in skiing. I was always just like Oregon boy and proud to represent, and like really wanted to have style part of my tricks. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause that's the thing that I've always noticed about you, like watching you like float in the backcountry, just all like no grab style, like mm. shit's shit's cool. Thank you. It's fun. Definitely. When did you? Uh, how old were you competing in the first uh, X Games? X, I did. I think I was fifteen. My first fifteen or six. I think I just turned sixteen. My first X Games, and that year it was snowing, so the the yeah they canceled the slope style and it was just a big air, and we had like a big air off. I think I got like sixth or seventh place i didn't even care though i was just so psyched to that's be pretty damn big for your first x games like it was, yeah it was all right it coming was, in with the boys yeah and i was just like with the boys and having fun you know not really even like thinking too much about like i didn't really have like a competitive strategy ever back then i was just like stoked to be there and like kind of had a trick that i wanted to do on my mind and just stuck with it what's the best trick you ever did at x games the best trick i ever did at x games was like maybe I did like switch dub bio twelve sixty, which is like take off switch and you go over the front, and it's just like pretty committing trick. So yeah, switch dub bio twelve, and then yeah, I think that was probably the one. What year was that in? That was in twenty, probably like two thousand ten. I think two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. Yeah, two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. And then Realski came in. To, when did Realski come in? That came in coincidentally right when i when i had stepped away from slope style competitions and everyone was like you're fucking up like a lot of people told me that that i was like making the wrong decision but i just like really believed 
for some reason like on this path and then right at that time i got a call from uh, chris schuster about this new event and it was all focused on like freestyle backcountry you film a video part and um so when i got that email it's just like here we go like perfect timing it helped me make that transition with my sponsors too so it was yeah really sick how important is the uh the team to bring to uh real ski because you've got your filmer and and your editor and yourself and whatever other crew you bring with you it's kind of a team effort right yeah for sure it's everything definitely like all the video stuff i do it's like all about the team behind it and everything from safety and just like helping each other get to the spots because it's a lot of hard work to get out there so it's like so important to have a solid crew and so you know a filmer that you trust too if if something goes goes wrong where back then to be honest we weren't really thinking about safety too much like the first have you had some problems back there i've been pretty lucky knock on wood that's a wood table yeah if not yeah no it's a wood table yeah i've been pretty lucky um i haven't had like anything too crazy but around the time i was just getting into it one of my good friends uh, dane tudor it's a skier and um he had a really bad uh, injury and he was super close to the sled um like to the to the logging road where the snowmobiles were parked but he dislocated his hip and he was stuck like my other friend had to basically like hold him in place like try and boost him up for about two uh, two hours almost three hours while he had to get life lighted out because he's just in too much pain to leave and that was like a big eye opener for us because we weren't thinking about safety like my first real snow part it was just me and uh my buddy brandon kelly who's uh now uh, gone into film and done some pretty amazing things but we would just go out alone sometimes you know like and just work together have like a little zone we'd work and we weren't riding the craziest train but we definitely like safety wasn't our we weren't thinking about it all we we're just thinking about like stacking clips and one night i remember it was like sunset we we're like way back in uh in pemberton you've been up pemberton oh yeah i've been to pemberton it's like way past whistler yeah. few hours you're and kind brother. of in like logging territory yeah there's a spot rutherford we call it the mother motherland because it's just like all like doesn't mike michael chuck live back there yeah i think it lives i think it's legendary but that's yeah. a really cool like glacier area too right so yeah you got a lot massive. of mixed terrain for sure yeah and it's you can go it's like endless so we would go back there and one night we like went really far where like a lot of people if you go that far they bring extra gas and everything and we would just uh this is what you don't want to do for any skiers listening but we went out way far and um they call it the gas drop bring extra gas and drop there but right over and like as you sled up rutherford there's just like so many iconic uh jumps that you see in like so many snowboarders um from their video parts like iconic spot to build jumps and we went to this new spot we built a jump next to a spot that was pretty popular but it was like a new spot just a, a nice epic roller and we like built our jump and we saw it was going to be an epic sunset and just the two of us and we're like all right let's wait till like last light so the lights like really popping and i was trying like switch double double corks and like no you know like no spot or like in reach device for if something went wrong to like get the heli to come there and get us and um so yeah i luckily i landed the trick and we were able to sled home but after dane got hurt that was like a big eye opener for us to like yo we got a backup plan and like shit can go wrong go wrong like really fast so we definitely started taking uh, safety really seriously after that and uh, TGR has been a cool crew for me like after I stepped away from X Games I like linked up with TGR and they like got me on it with like safety and just backcountry protocol and how to be how to do it right out there yeah that's wild Danny took me to Alaska once I nearly died 
Yeah. <laughs> Remember we were snowmobiling? Die. Remember we were, sno- we were trying to go up that, we were going up that steep part. Oh, yeah. We, we got doubling. Stuck, and I was like, and you're crying. like, just leave me here. <laughs> I'm like, get back on the sled. We're going to make it like another. I swear to God, I'm just, just leaving. Like, <laughs> I can barely tired. breathe. I'm like, just hold on. <laughs> That's funny. But that's what it takes. I mean, it's a lot of teamwork in the backcountry. So much goes behind the scenes of these shots that people don't really understand, right? Like, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, within the big line stuff, like, I don't know, I would always get crazy nerves of like dropping into shit where you're like, you you make that commitment where you're like, all right, this is either going to go really good or really bad, but I'm committing to the really good right now. Yeah, exactly. You can't think about the bad. Got it. Or even just like days shoveling out there, right? Yeah. Like spending a day shoveling. (laughs) coming back the next day hoping it's still there good and there's not some crew sitting on your jump yeah for sure yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) have you been have you have you have you felt a a slide before have you like felt oh yeah 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 for sure i've had i've been lucky till this last year i was in this uh past march i was in a pretty scary one and i was able to get out of it luckily but it was like yeah full-on dropped into a dropped into a pretty good sized face and we we were there probably like it was two days after a storm. Snow was like waist deep. And we went out there thinking like, okay, this is either going to be sketchy or it's going to be like the best day of heli riding we've ever had. And I was with a good guy that I felt comfortable with. And we went out, did a snow assessment run, checked it. And we thought it was like, wow, it's better than we than we were anticipating. Um, did all our, our proper checks and then picked out a line. And it was not like too aggressive, but like definitely kind of stepping into it. But we went up there with a with a plan, like, okay, like take it easy on the drop, you know, and like thinking about where I was gonna make my turns and then as we flew up, land on the line, the guide is sick. He's um definitely uh, one of my favorite guides to be out there with snowboarder. And I had this line teed up where I was gonna come. It was like a perfect little spine and then I was gonna roll left into like a little kind of double drop. But there was some kind of you'd call it cabbage, like some trees and another little little cliff below where I was like dropping into and as we were standing up there heli flew in we like um and landed and we sometimes you can use the heli to help test the snowpack so we got close and he was just like how's that using the rotor wash to like slough the face oh wow and when it's really bad like that can cause the slope to release and then nothing it's sloughed but nothing like major and then as we were standing there we like dropped the cornice onto the slope which is also like put some weight on the slope see if anything reacts you know and then as we were standing there, we get all fired up. He's looking at my first turn. He's like, I bet you want to, I bet you want to slash that thing where like when we went up there, I was just going to ride in high on it and just yep. like drop a bit slow. And then as we were standing there, we just kind of, I guess like, uh, yeah, we got sucked in just to like, yeah. Um, Into how, the shot more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think out more, of the safety zone. Yeah, exactly. Cause it was epic, like bluebird day, super sunny snow is sick, like really sick. And um, yeah, so we're standing there and we're just like, I bet you want to slash that. I'm looking at him like, you know, I want to slash that. He's like, I bet you'd be all right. But when I dropped in, it was so deep. It was like waist deep that it slowed me down a bit. So I lost my speed and I didn't really even have speed to do the slash. And I just dropped into like more of the gut than I was planning to be, like thinking about the shot, just trying to keep my flow. And then like I got probably 20 feet. I, c- I came across the ridge and then I dropped, I committed to the face. And then when I was about 30, like 50 feet down, like, boom like big crack but um, it happened way above me and i was just like right in the in the belly of it and luckily i had some speed at that point that i was able to just roll with it and then cut out of it and like get to some safety but that was one that was definitely like if i would have 
gone for a ride, it could have been bad for sure. And that's like, for me, I try not to, don't want to fuck with avalanches. It's like. No, hell no. In the yeah. backcountry, I'm more of like an A to B right snowmobiler. I want yeah. to like go from A to B where we're going to build this jump and like yeah. hang out in a safe zone. Because mm. it's like you get those feelings up there. Like that one, did you kind of have this like intuition in your gut at all? Was it? Yeah, well, a little bit. But standing up there, just like I think it was just the beauty of the day and like the line looked nice and talking with him who I trusted, you know, and like and I think just just the just this the stoke together of like knowing like good like just good riding i guess and like having just uh, just really getting sucked into the turn i just wanted to throw a huge hack where i could have skied a lot safer safer but it's just like kind of thinking about the shot a little more than my safety and um for sure though when it cracked like you don't have time to really be scared you just gotta react and like hold and your ground did you hear it crack or did you just feel it i felt it and saw it in front of me but it was like the left hole. and right yeah and then way like above me so it hit me when it hit me it was like really that'll hit wake me. you up yeah it hit me hard <laughs> and like, but luckily it was so fresh we, it was like such good snow that i was able to fight it and it's weird because i've been in a couple slides but like you have these like crazy and in, the instinct that like takes over and on this one you know that shot of Travis? I, this, the whole conversation I've been thinking about that shot of Travis Rice. When he yeah, like, where he's like cutting the ridge a little bit. and then Yeah, well, when he like, there's one where he's like shredding down and like, boom, big avalanche. And then he's in it and he has to like, basically like duck dive almost the snow to like link the, the hard bed surface to cut out of it. And I had that thought kind of like pop into my head. And that's basically like what I ended up doing was just trying to hold my ground and like was on the bed surface and luckily was able like if it was heavier snow i would have for sure gone for a ride but i was able to like just like hold my ground and cut just far enough like back to the high high side and and when you drop in like you always got to have a, an exit plan and that was my exit plan like if something went wrong right but initially i was just planning to be like a little bit higher on this spine than i ended up dropping into so yeah i like what you said there with like having that exit plan i think that's like pretty important and obviously now is like resorts are getting more crowded and split boarding's becoming more like popular and everyone like what's like that key those elements to like the safe pack like you know i know like are you running a abc pack like full inflatable yeah you put the, the yeah the, the abs abs yeah. what did you say the abc, <laughs> the ABC. i don't know you should have seen us you should have seen us you know and they make you do when you go up to like alaska yeah. somewhere and they make you do the test of like all right we're gonna drop a beacon and like find it yeah you should see me try and find the beacon oh yeah my it's beacon's hard. over there and i'm like over there like i'm not the guy you want to be up in the fucking helicopter with. no for sure <laughs> and that goes back to like your team like you're saying when you go out there you want to be with people that you're confident with so if like because that's your life your life depends yeah, like, on not you yeah if you get rolled and you're fucking under the snow yeah it's 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 the people up it's the people above ground looking for you that you need for sure that's yeah. What, yeah. yeah so and i mean those important tools right yeah so it's like yeah the got, abc the abc yeah you got no, no the abs <laughs> you gotta have like if i ride in the heli and i'm if i'm questioning like that day i had abs but i didn't pull it just like I'm, I do like everything I can to get out of it first and you have it, it's like right there, you know, and if you're going to go for a ride then you pull it. But like my mentality is like do everything you can to get out of it first and like not put your crew in that situation. But yeah, you got to be out there with the crew that like knows. So, you know, a lot of times it's like not them. They're not going to go for a ride like because I've done my homework. Like I've gone to, you know, multiple av avalanche courses and 
it's going to be me like under the snowpack. So you got to have like a yeah. strong crew, but yeah, like a good pack and yeah, you have like your beacon shovel probe is like mandatory to go in the backcountry. Like, yeah. Anybody that wants to get into it is now, yeah, like it's getting so popular and people, I think like you see it on the videos and sometimes people get lucky and, you know, sometimes even like it can be like a small crown that it looks dramatic on film, but maybe it isn't like so much to deal with. But like when, when it, like when when it pops like it's real every time and like you just want to avoid that situation like all together and definitely yeah you gotta put gotta make sure to put it in so anyone listening if you want to ride pal like make sure take abs mm-hmm. or get your kid get just so everybody knows who's yeah. not watching sammy lent into the microphone yeah exactly that's important shit <laughs> take your avi course and and having like in reach you know when we go out we got like satellite beacon with a plan too, like for me, I'm doing a lot of my stuff up in Revy. So I talk to the local heli guys, like arrow helicopters before the season, like, Hey, can, you know, can we call you if shit hits the fan? Like, look out for this, like, you know, and, and then they'll like, cause you want to make sure they're coming to get you too. And I've had times too, where like my, like my brother, my best buddy up there, he was out in the backcountry, and luckily I was home, but his girlfriend hit me up. It was like two in the afternoon and he, they had hit their, um, satellite beacon for help and uh, they weren't going to go get them because just like search and, search and rescue like that's not even like they're there but like sometimes they can't come get you too so like you have to hunker down for the evening so like part of your pack like beacon shovel pro but then also having like an extra layer some food peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah those are that's the good days put some banana in there <laughs> yeah i heard <laughs> a story we were up there. in alaska and one of the guys was telling this story about how they were flying around and the crew was pushing them and then they like basically were like well we don't have enough gas to get home so they made it like three quarters of the way back to where they were going and had to like basically park the helicopter Mm. or drop the crew off or something and then they had like some magic edibles in their bag and basically their their survival theory was walking a circle until the morning on mushrooms on something like that i don't remember (laughs) what he said i forgot what it was But he was like, this is the survival. <laughs> yeah. Our Just survival. get you high and trippy and like, hey, maybe you die, he's maybe like, you don't. Like, you're, you're, here's you're what you do. She'll be happy. Just, you yeah. walk in a circle <laughs> like, and stay warm until the morning. You don't try and walk your way out because then people are going to have to try and find you. So it was like, yeah. stay here and walk in a circle until the morning. Dang. Yeah. Can be so real. those are things that may help people. Right. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I was starting to say like my buddy, his girlfriend hit me up and She's like, they're not going to go get him. And I was like, call him back. Like, tell him to get him. Because, like, knowing my my homie, he wouldn't hit it unless it was, like, real deal. And then she sent me the location, and I knew exactly where he was. So it's like, all right, like, we'll go. And, like, basically, I put together, like, sleeping bag, you know, some rope, like, survival pack of my own. And, like, anything I could to try and help him, like, whatever situation I was going to get myself into. They're, like, down low in this bowl. And yeah, and was, you snowmobiled out there. Yeah, I just started ripping you from didn't my fly house. A helicopter, right? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> not that connected yet, but <laughs> soon. Yeah, now my neighbor's the, he's getting his heli license, so I told him I'm gonna cut a little helipad at the at the property, and yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was I was tripping like, and luckily, what happened was the kid he was with, his dad like knew someone from Search and Rescue, and that connection like they called him back and was able to like get him to go because they weren't. They were just busy. They weren't going to go. But you went out there. Yeah, I went out there and and I saw like I drove, I ripped out, had his girl. They they both have sleds too, but they're not quite as experienced in the sled. So we like went out there basically 
unload the sleds like ripping up but it was so crazy as i drove to the uh the trailhead i could see the heli like i parked my truck in the heli like i just dropped some ski some guests from the heli program off like nearby the the trailhead and they flew up to get them i'm unloading my sled like watching the heli fly into the zone and at first it went kind of the wrong way on the ridge and this is like around three o'clock and it gets dark about like four o'clock this time so they didn't it was like 3 30 even it was like pushing dark so i was watching the heli as i was ripping up to get get like uh, and the whole time like i just seen like fuck like i hope he's not there like i hope i don't have to get these guys like hope the heli finds him and i'm watching the heli like go the wrong way on the ridge and i knew it was the other way but it was almost dark and um luckily my buddy had a phone but he had like when i yeah he had a phone and uh basically like was able to signal the heli because they're so far down the bowl the pilots saw the the phone two minutes after their shutdown time like when they're supposed to be home so he was able to go in there and get them and i just like kept ripping up at that point because i didn't know like if he if they got him or not so i just like ripped all the way up got to his sleds and it was dark at this point and it was a it was a really freaky and like real moment to just like, like shut the sled off and like so quiet out there you just hear the wind you know on top of the ridge see their sleds still there just yelling down the bowl like vince jordy like and they'd been picked up they got picked up but i didn't really know but i just assumed like assumed at that point because the heli went this way at first and then it went back and i yelled and kind of like walked down the bowl a little ways and then uh his girlfriend called me on the phone and told me or we had radios yeah she radioed me and said like they got him out of there so then i was just like thank god because i was prepared to go down and get him out of there if i had to but yeah just like those moments just like i really respect the dangers and wow shit's real out there superhero status yeah that's gnarly not all superheroes wear capes eh? what silver (laughs) jacket's kind of like a cape (laughs) um you basically live in canada are you uh, somewhat Canadian at this point? Um, if no, I'm no, I'm, I don't live in Canada. It doesn't border. Don't work in Canada. If anyone from the border patrol is listening, I do not <laughs> live in Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but pretty much, yeah, I'm just like been uh, spending a majority of the last five years up there. Right, mm. and then you spent all of this shit we've been going through. You didn't come back to America or COVID, huh? Yeah, I just hunkered down up there. Which is insane. How was that? Obviously, it's difficult. People can't get in and out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was real bizarre. Definitely. It was sick. Like, snow was really good, but just hectic to... We were trying to... So, when COVID hit, I just got back from France. Was over there with Quicksilver. Uh, We did a Young Guns event, and that was, like, a week before the borders... Italy, like, came out saying how bad it was. And I was, like, in Chamonix last night before i left like throwing out high fives to yeah you were basically oh, no, at hugging ground- and kissing everyone yeah you're basically like, at ground zero yeah got <laughs> got home got covid like i'm pretty sure i had covid didn't get tested but we all did too yeah we basically got up from x games mm. 2019 mm-hmm. and, and he gave, gave it to everyone. everyone yeah from him yeah well i was in ground patient zero but for, the, I, for America, we were. Isn't it crazy yeah, we were, that it yeah, spawned from, like, ski towns? I know. I don't think I brought it to Canada, but it was definitely... <laughs> 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 I was in the heart of it, but, yeah, I, um, it was so bizarre. The whole thing broke out, and it ended our season. Like, they shut the backcountry down. Oh, uh, they did? Yeah, they just shut it right down, stopped forecasting. Like, the community was just, like, if you went out, it was kind of, like, local shaming, you know, like, to yeah. see... Yeah, so you like, didn't go out. People out for a couple weeks. <laughs> 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 or at least you didn't post it. But yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, we might have snuck out, but it was it was crazy too because Henrik Harlow rolled the town like he was in Norway doing X Games, and they were going to shut everything down. So he like 
he ripped to Canada as fast as he could just to try and get there before the world shut down because he was planning to come up. And so he flew into town. They had a quarantine and it was so bizarre because it was epic. Like, and I didn't try and tell them how good it was out there, but it was like best conditions, like as good as it gets, stable. Do you ever try and tell people how good it is? Up there? Uh, <laughs> too much. I've, said, I've said too much already, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he and he was there for like two weeks and we didn't, they came by, but yeah, we it was like sunny, good snow and they just had to chill in their spot. We didn't shred anything. And then after that, we're like, all right, talked to the heli crew again, told them where we were, we're going to be going just to have our own like kind of exit plan if things went south. And uh, yeah, we went out, we went out a few days for sure and got to give them a little intro to pillows and like all the train that I kind of first started riding up there, give a dolo a, a little intro to that. And it was sick to just see his, his psych. And, um, but that was in the season. We like stopped the film project. Everyone left. I was looking at it like, Fuck, this is going to be bad. I had a feeling it just was going to be a long time. So I ended up staying just hanging out up there for most of the summer and then going into the end of the summer border wasn't opening. So I got contacted a, um, immigration lawyer and ended up like figuring out some options. So I, I just stayed. Yeah. The whole time. The options just bunker down. You're like, ah, I'll circle that one. Pretty much. But <laughs> send an email that says you're going to be temporarily not leaving. Yeah, basically. But it was easy with COVID. They made it pretty easy to extend your, the status I had. You could just like fill out a form, send it in. And then you get granted temporary status while you're waiting to hear back. So the first time I sent my status and I didn't hear back from anyone for six months, but I had a temporary residency when you apply for this. So I was just living on that. And then um, then I ended up applying again at the beginning of the winter and they granted me a year long um, like temporary residency. So I was able to stay through the winter and shred and kind of keep working on the film. But it was definitely a bummer because like why I stayed is I've been like trying to like really push myself in the mountains and like the season before with COVID, we didn't get it the way I wanted to. So like, I'm going to stay and like give myself a opportunity. Cause I felt like real ready, you know, with the skiing, like trying to do some new stuff out there. And then, yeah, then just last year was so weird with the, like, all the heli ops and the cat ski lodges that we normally go to. They had such strict protocols and like just people getting contact with COVID and like, yeah, it was just a really weird year. So we were like constantly having to change plans and, but it was sick. Definitely got to ski a lot of pow. Like while the world was kind of felt like it was going to shit, you know, like it was, yeah. it was so weird. What's the, uh, what's the new movie project? New can we video? talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about it a bit. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're just about done. We don't have a title yet. Oh, Danny's uh, great with titles. I'm so good at titles. Yeah, you guys yeah. want to help well, me Danny out? Danny usually that. likes yeah. to do like a movie theme to the movie. Mm. So then you can dress up, you know? Yeah. yeah. The best one we never did was uh, 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 Blazed and Confused. Blazed and Confused. We mm -hmm. never did. We should have done that one. We never did. Well, you could use that if you want. Blazed and Confused? Yeah. We could maybe. And then you could this? be then you could be Matthew McConaughey from Days and Confused. Right. I miss your old videos, man. I keep <laughs> yeah. thinking about them, like the skits and all the stuff you guys were doing, the grenade videos back mm -hmm. in the days. It's legendary. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that for sure. I mean, it's just cool to have that creative outlet. And I think skiing and snowboarding really like, you know, makes that available to young riders to be able to like go. And especially now with like YouTube and all these, it's like you don't need this huge production and crazy movie release to like just yeah. drop jaws and break the Internet. You know? Yeah, for sure. We got to bring bring those back, dude. Dude, bring them back. Yeah, for sure. But we got a theme this year. The theme is surf the mountains. Ooh. The vibe we're going surf yeah. the mountains surf the mountains bunk it yeah down. cool
Quicksilver, yeah. Quicks- Ooh, bunkered. Bunkered, yeah. That's one of our debunked, debunked, bunkered, grounded. We have a little chit chat after the yeah. show here. I like that. I'll, I'll give I you like guys kind of where we're at. The cat out of the bag. Yeah, exactly. But no, we got. I had a my winter was like really weird last year because in the middle of COVID, I actually had crashed my sled, like super random. But on the way home, um, mid January, I crashed my sled. I I ran into a hole on the side of the logging road just last minute didn't see this like little washout it wasn't even that big of a hole but just the way i hit it my gloves were kind of frozen too so i didn't have the best grip on my sled i like just came to an instant stop didn't see it till the last second went over the bars and just like smashed my chin Ooh. off the off the dash and yeah it was really bad my first thought was like mike tyson that's what popped into my head yo i can't say too much but i did mushrooms with mike tyson last what? weekend you've already no. said too much <laughs> Tell us about that. I want to hear about that. Legal mushrooms. Legal. Chocolate. chocolate. I don't know. Wherever I was, that was definitely. But where, yeah, anyway, where were you? I was in Las Vegas. He came to a rave with us. He came what? to EDC. Wow. How was he hanging with him? <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Like, it's, 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 he's got all these handlers and like he'll like switch on and off. Yeah. Like, he'll literally be in full conversation and then just take a nap. And then what? like wake up and be hungry and I'm like, go get him food. And you fed and, him? Yeah, I fed Mike Tyson. What'd you feed him? Well, he's, he's vegan. So I like fed him like vegan noodles mm. and French fries. Wow. Every vegan person loves French fries. Did you hug him? I, I don't know why. Cause you're like such a like, dude, I kind of an I, arm guy. Like you're always like putting your arm around yo, my neck and getting way <laughs> too close. I could see you doing that. And Tyson also being that kind of way. Like, I kind of ended up like his chaperone for an evening. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. But taking him to a, a, a rave was even more crazy. Oh man. You got to connect me with Tyson. I've been dying to meet this okay, guy. Okay. Yeah. You well, we got get, it. You should mm. get his face tattoos. You should like, do his podcast actually. Oh yeah. 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 That would set be, me up. That'd be, be good. good. Yeah. I've been, yeah, we've been, yeah, he's a, yeah, we, we listen to Joe Rogan and just the ego. Like we, I've been, yeah, like how you, you guys heard his podcast. He's talking I about killing the ego and then talking like, hey, we can't work out because he's always like his ego. As soon as he gets on the bike, his ego is like just turns back on and he doesn't yeah. want to be like all competitive anymore. And uh, then the next podcast, he's basically training for that epic fight that he had. Um, I heard about this. I'm kind of excited to see him get in the ring. Again. Well, he, well, he fought. He fought earlier this year. Oh, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the, like they were saying he was going to do a bare knuckle fight, but I hope he doesn't do that. Like, yeah. He I mean, at the end well. of the day, like you don't want to see Mike Tyson get beat up. Nah. You know what I mean? We're just at that what? point. You don't. No. Nah. No. What? Really? What? You don't want to see him. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, it's like but boxing like a bit like is a, boxing. It's nah, like you want yeah. either one guy to get beat up. Usually, you're not like hoping it's gonna. No, be a but like, say ever. you don't want to see Mike Tyson get fucking knocked out. No at way. 56. Nah, no, he's done enough. You know, so it's like, but I, I mean, listen, I think he's getting paid a lot of money to do those fights. For sure, I bet you he know? is. You know, but, that last one he did was, I think, on Jake Paul's card. He was the second two. Um, it was ended up. I think it was an exhibition. I think they went six rounds, but it was a draw. But I mean, mm. it's you know, it's. He's still obviously in shape, but oh yeah, he's a beast. You know, he's yeah. like yeah. Anyway, I had I yeah. So I had my hangover moment. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah, that was your hangover yeah. Hook me moment. up with Tyson. I'll go. I'll yeah, go you know. <laughs> you wake no up. No tigers day. involved. Yeah, nah, 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 not that I remember. Not that mm. I remember. Yeah, when I hit on the sled, I like hit just boom, and like right off the dash, I saw stars in my mind. It's like fuck, like that's what it feels like to get hit by Mike Tyson. As my buddy's like asking if I'm okay, and I'm just like crawling out of this hole. Like, no, I'm not okay. But yeah, it was that so that like halted my whole like a lot of the year. Did you get hurt? Yeah, pretty hurt. Yeah, yeah, concussion and just kind of delayed symptoms from it. And where I hadn't, I've hit my head before, but this one was definitely rocked me in a different way. Just like I hit the chin too. So oh, so you like that's where the they say the glass jaw is, right? 
yeah, somewhere was, in the chin zone. Mm, yeah, it was. I didn't get knocked out, but it was. Yeah, it definitely halted me for a long time. So, out of your um, your ten plus years in the backcountry, I'm sure. Mm. How many snowmobiles have you destroyed? Oh, a couple. Yeah, I've, it happened so fast. Have you left any out there? No, I've never had to leave one out there. But this year, I just got a brand new one. This year, uh huh. And I think the third day riding it, we had like a sick day breaking trail. Me and my buddy got up to a new spot. We're all fired up and like pushed it a little bit further just because the new machine was working so good. The new sleds are insane. They're so, so nice to ride. So much power. Are they electric? No, they're just coming out with them. <laughs> <laughs> the new no, ones but are. Like yeah. Four stroke, oh. stroke and stuff. So, but definitely you've, how many snowmobiles do you think you've bought? <sighs> Damn, put me on the spot. Like too many. I bought probably like six, seven, six, wow. no, six, six, six. Sleds. Yeah. Do you but, get them for free? But no, buying them all. Skidoo, if you guys want to work with me, love they to. They don't hook you up at all? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, just all, we go on but that's not. They're just the, the, the water ones. Sea-doos. They're not Oh, not Sea-doos. No, oh, yeah. my bad. We're I got a sea hook up for you. Oh, yeah? They work out there? No, but that, that'd be cool <laughs> for the, that'd be cool. Try. I'm down for the summertime. <laughs> Need a Sea-doo. But that's not in the course of 10. That's like my whole lifetime having that many sleds. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But I need, I usually have one for the filmers like at my house. So my old sled, I'll just retire it from my, and let a filmer use it or like yep. a photographer when they come to town. Uh, yeah. But this year, yeah. Third day on my new sled. We're like done with the day, buddy. Like already broke out the lunch, peanut butter, Nutella, banana sandwich is a yeah. good day. Love banana, huh? Yeah. That's just like. The, I like peanut treat. butter jelly banana. Yeah, it's good out there. But yeah, I, I was basically showing off just trying to go to noon, like 12 o'clock. He was like up on this little perch eating lunch. And that's I just a came. wheelie, I think. Yeah. Right, what did you say? 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock, like, like really. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like a, yeah. an official one. Not like 10 o'clock, but like official noon. Man. You're like fully boom on Ooh. the You're know I mean? you know, like driving down the road and you see somebody on their motorbike go past you at 12 o'clock? Oh yeah, that's the best. That's crazy, always, eh? Yeah, I love that. But yeah, I went to noon, didn't really have, uh, I just, yeah, like really went to like, wanted to slam it down next to him and just like, bam, plan to give him just high five. We're all soaked on the day. Went to slam it down and it was a little bit more of a side hill than I was expecting and it got started getting pulled down towards some trees that I didn't see on the way up there. And so instead of just like tipping over, I gave it a little juice and there was like no exit at all. I just had a finger throttle too. So ended up going down right into basically like headed towards some trees and Went to grab the brake, but it was actually my th my throttle and uh, just like right into a tree. So like oh. brand new sled, took it to the shop. That one hurt. That hurt. Yeah. Because anytime you bring a snowmobile to the shop, it's like you're not walking out of there with under a thousand bucks usually. Yeah. That one definitely hit the wallet. But that was good. Some of the shops in Revy, they helped me out for sure. The boys up there. But it's like buying an unlimited uh, lift ticket to it like is. endless pow. So it there's is. definitely, I think, a lot... Of great things that come out of snowmobiles for sure yeah after i bought my first one i was riding it thinking like this is the best thing i've ever dude it's like, like a snow tank yeah they're the, sickest. Like the coolest yeah. like so just much fun. terrain crosser what you're getting to and what you're getting to ride is like it's unmatchable even to like maybe a heli but the energy that goes into heli riding is so like more tense mm -hmm. right? you got more concern more worries you got guides who are like keeping you in line yeah you get a I snowmobile and it's like See ya. See you later. Yeah. Going out yeah. in the wilderness. You get a helicopter and a snowmobile. You're done. Unlimited fun. You're good. Yeah. Bring the boys up. Tandem and buddies, you know, hook them up with the best run of their life. Dude, best runs of your life. Yeah. 
So we okay. kind of keep these short, but Danny has right. this lightning round he does at the Let's end. Let's do here, it. Which is like the most important part. This is the most important part. All right. Shit. So don't mess this up. Nervous. Okay. Um, your first question is, what is the most epic place in the world for powder runs? For powder runs? That you've been but, to. Okay. I'm definitely not going to say Don't my say the trail drop, but, but maybe yeah. like the terror. How about a resort? Um, a resort, Japan. Japan. That, and which that's resort? not a resort, but that's a country. Just over in Japan. Uh, <laughs> so he doesn't want to tell people what, about Naseko. Yeah, Nis <laughs> Hokkaido. Just Japan. Yeah, Hokkaido. Just Where? the whole experience, the culture, the power. Just by Tokyo. Yeah, over that way. Go to Japan. Don't come to Canada. Uh, who is your biggest idol in free skiing? My biggest idol in free skiing. In general. Is, is it Glenn Plake? With, with Pollard, Eric Pollard. Not Glenn Plake? Not Glenn Plake. He's a G. He's he's definitely a legend, but Pollard just on and off the hill. Good dude and the contribution to skiing from the like the style standpoint and also just the the gear and all the his design work with skis. I think it's pretty groundbreaking for sure. Uh, I know you keep your backcountry spots a secret. Do you ever Do you? throw out like like diversions, like terms where you're like, oh, this is so sick, like Michigan or... A little bit Michigan. this you year because... You ever mislead? I try to. Now I'm trying to because this year some of my buddies in Revy were telling me like, oh, the boys are starting to like really dissect the videos. So then, and like now you got to post on Instagram. It's like yeah. part of it now. So yeah, I'll try and like just have photos and stash from previous days and throw them up like... Like we were there that day or just like flip the photo a lot and yeah. You flip the photo. Even. Yeah, try and flip the photo. Oh, I get that. Like reverse it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, flip wow. it. Uh, craziest. But I don't have any, like my spots, they're not worth going to anyways. You yeah. Know, no, well, not unless you want to go like 140 feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it sounds good, but I've been up to a bunch of those trails like Brandywine and stuff where you see all these like iconic jumps and you're like, wow. Yeah. Like it looks yeah, easier in a video than when you see like the landing spots of a jump and mm. the one's there, you're like, whoa, they were going huge. Yeah. Always um, mission. What's your craziest Henrik story? Henrik story? Yep. Damn. Well, I think it was just when I met Henrik actually, when he was twelve. I met Henrik when he was twelve and I was over in Sweden and he didn't he couldn't speak any English. The only word he knew was yeah. And uh it was so <laughs> sick because he still has the same smile like now as back then. And that's what I love about him the most probably. It's just like how genuine and pure of a human being he is. But we were having a session together like two evenings where we just sessioned, rode all day and no communication, just pure stoke, you know, and smiles. And all all he could say was, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a pretty good one. Uh, if you could have any snack sponsor for the backcountry to endorse, who would it be? Anyone? Dang. I always now maybe maybe some some uh some peanut butter what's that some <laughs> some bars some some snack bars probably but i think just let's stick with peanut butter like peanut you butter and nutella yeah dude, dude. Bread? yeah those are that's yeah. pretty bomb too mm -hmm. uh, i wanted yeah i want i got an idea for a peanut butter commercial just like imagine cool. coming in on a piece of bread oh. and you see me just throw a slash <laughs> boom <laughs> spread the peanut butter dude. perfect who's the jelly Who's the jelly? You really needed. You come in with another slash and the jelly. Jelly just spreads on top. Rains, banana. I'm all about that local, organic. Just yeah, yeah, jelly. Yeah. What's bumping in your headphones right now? Bumping in my headphones. I've been listening to. I'm a. Yeah, I'm definitely still a hip hop head, but like Griselda is probably 
they're like the newest hip hop crew that I'm pretty psyched on. Cool. Griselda and they? then like Wu Tang. Still love Wu Tang and um I don't know who else. Big reggae guy too. Couldn't tell. But um what's your favorite yeah. <laughs> like video part people out there should go watch if they haven't seen it yet of yours? Of mine? Yep. Mm, maybe I'm still pretty I don't know. On top of the hood is one of my favorites. On top of the hood. Yeah. I've seen those jumps you make up there. They're pretty sick, man. Yeah, thank you. That was a that was a super fun time. Uh and if you could go on a ski date with me and Dingo anywhere in the world, where would you take us? Alaska. Sick. Sick. Yeah. Cool. Well, those are all the questions I got for you. And it is Sick. absolutely radical to have you in here. Hell yeah. Good catching up with you boys. Legend status. Sammy Collins. Thank you. It's a wrap. Thanks, boys. Rock and roll. Shoo. Unleashed with the Dingo and Danny. Fueled by Monster Energy.